Yeah, what's good? What's up, man? Nothing much. Oh, yeah, nothing much. What's the blackest thing you did this week? The blackest thing I did this week. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't want, I don't want to say that. <laughs> what's the blackest thing but least incriminating thing you did this week? Uh, I took a personal day off. But that's everybody, so that's not really a black thing. Let's not start with the uh, stereotypes. I did take a day off from work. Um, it was good. It was much needed. I just needed to get away, and now I'm back. I call those mental health days. As long as you didn't, like, it wasn't, like, you know, reenactment of the movie Friday, then it's not that black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the problem with um, health days. I think it's crazy how you get these personal days off, you get these holidays and then you have management who tries to guilt you for taking them. It tries to be illegal. They'll be like, yeah, you're going to take that day off, really? On a Thursday in the middle of the week? Okay. Okay. Enjoy. A little <laughs> passive-aggressive thing. But um, it doesn't faze me at all. And I'll continue to do it. So, Well, as management, I do want to know, but what the hell are you doing? How do you think this work going to get done? <laughs> It'll get done when it gets done. There'll be more work when I uh, finish that work, so I'm just delaying it by a day. Exactly. We're setting a good, uh, good example for the future. Welcome to Microaggressive. Two friends, two coasts, too much to talk about. BG in San Francisco. It's Jay from BK. Could that be the blackest thing I did? Because I walked into this IHOP in um, Flatlands. Um, it was entirely, entirely black. I think um, I remember that IHOP. It's like off of, um, it's like in like a shop, uh, like a mini mall shopping center, like a movie theater. No, see, that's a different one. This one has oh, its own okay. parking lot, and that's why we went. Um, side note, I've only been to, I think, two IHOPs in my life, maybe three. One in Boston, one in New York, probably when I was a kid, and then this one I went to yesterday. And um, well, I mean, it is the International House of Pancakes, so, you know. Well, I can't figure out why this place is open. Um, and here's my mistake. So we walked in, me um, and the family, and it's it's crazy packed. There's like a 45-minute delay. Never knew there could be a 45-minute delay. For <laughs> um, so we wait because we're hungry. And we get in, and we look at the menu, and they have all of these different food items because you know how they added that whole burger thing, and uh-huh. they had steaks and all that crap. So I wanted to try something new because I'm not a breakfast person. I don't like to eat pancakes or anything. It's like eating cake in the morning makes no sense to me. Um, so whoa, I wanted something. Whoa, whoa, what? Wow. What? Uh, yeah, deeper conversations about this. Nah, but... see, I've been like that since a kid. Uh, I don't know if it was the school lunches that they gave us back in school, but to wake up in the morning and then eat basically a cake, a sugar cake, right before you uh, started school never made sense to me. So I was like a piece of toast kind of person if I did have to eat anything. And I've been that way up until today for many this years. Is mo- this is the most fascinating podcast episode in the history of podcasts. So maybe that's the Blacks thing. Um, my IHOP. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh, so back to IHOP. Um, so I went to IHOP. I, looking at the menu, I didn't want any pancakes or anything. I wanted something, you know, savory. Um, 
my wife did too. So I ordered a steak and eggs. I figured steak and eggs, they already have like a grill. You just throw a steak on. I'm going to ask it for it, uh, medium anywhere. Anyway, got some eggs. The steak came out and it was grayish, gray. It was a gray steak. So like I they, um, like they made they, they made it extra black, like well done, like charcoal. No, it was gray. It means that they, it wasn't a good piece of meat and it wasn't cooked that great. And it was about a quarter of an inch thick, maybe a half inch thick. Well, and, I'm just uh, gonna, I'm just gonna say your first error is going to a place called the International House of Pancakes. See now, I ordering the steak. <laughs> and my uh, my wife, she got they had like a shrimp, fried shrimp, steak tip egg thing that looked good on the paper but they were both terrible and then at the end of the day they my meal came with um three pancakes which i just ate this morning one day afterwards and they were pretty damn good but everything else <laughs> that is not pancake related is awful so that whole push out that they had that whole rollout about the uh, burgers don't try those burgers don't try ihop but if you do try ihop just go for the pancakes and to anybody who works in the marketing department at IHOP, we will still yeah. take your sponsorship. We will edit this out and uh, and pimp ourselves out for your lovely, lovely ad advertisement dollars. I support the pancakes. Anyway, what'd you do? What'd you do this weekend? This week? This week? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Also, also some stuff I'm not going to get into. Uh, yeah, you know, you just have those weeks where you just hate the human race. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know that's like every week for you. <laughs> you just reminded me of something else to complain about, but I'll I'll save that. Yeah, man. I think uh, I don't know. I think it's the month of January. Yeah, I think like I don't know what do they say? Like Venus is in retrograde or some some shit. I don't know Mars in retrograde. Like I don't know. It's like that shit. Some like astrological. Everybody acting crazy. Everybody acting crazy is annoying as shit. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, man. You know, like work is work, and uh, I'm not gonna, not gonna, not gonna mess up where my money come from. But uh, yeah, man, that's uh, you know, sometimes you just have those days, but you come home and it's just like you try and leave work at work, and like the shit still follow you in. You like trying to close the door, and it's like, no, 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 one more thing, one more thing. It's just like leave me the fuck alone. Um, do, they, do they access you through your personal cell phone? Do you have a work cell phone or what? Nah, man, nah. I mean, every I think everyone on my team knows like when I'm out, I'm out. Like, like if I go on vacation, it's like you are not gonna hear from me for for a week. Um, and when I come home, like it's like I'll get shit done, and I'll ask everybody before I leave, like, "Yo, do you need anything from me tonight?" Um, because even if I do work, it's like my own shit. It's like working in secret. It's like I don't want you to know that I'm available. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I'm doing my own thing. Um, but yeah, if it's like really, really important, people could text me, but people don't have my number like that, so they have to go look it up. So it's like it's gonna be a little extra barrier. But this shit, like. Something better be on fire. Like gotcha, if not, gotcha. like it, it can wait till the morning. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: we're not saving lives here. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think yeah. Here's the thing with like our culture right now, like especially like freaking cell phones and and everything. This is a this is an old man rant. Morning, old man rant. Um, none of us is that important, honestly. <laughs> that is like, true. Yeah. It's like it's like no matter what your job is, you don't need you don't need to be checking your email. It's like if that marketing campaign doesn't get out <laughs> till the morning, like the world. In fact, the world might be a better place without that marketing campaign. So, like, I don't know why we all think we're so damn important. Yeah, like even doctors, yeah, they have a pager. They check it, <laughs> and then they're, they're like, "It's good. That can wait." Yeah, give them some whatever, and I'll look at them in the morning. Yeah, I don't know. Everybody got this false sense of importance. So, 
Yeah, man. Uh, other shit uh, going on. Uh, I re- I will I will put out here on the official record that you did say that you would run the Brooklyn Half Marathon this year. Oh yeah, but I I lie a lot. Uh, so <laughs> uh, sign up I, start yeah. sign up start this week. I believe I sent you a calendar invite to go you sign did up send for me it. One. <laughs> My fingers swipe left for some reason, but um, and, and I think I said no, uh, yeah. So uh, a lot of running, got a half marathon next weekend. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on your ass. You, you, I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make you not have dad bod. I'm gonna. So can we uh, switch the goal? Because I just decided there's a school across from my kids' daycare that does um they have a swimming pool. So they're starting lessons. I think in the next two weeks. And okay. I'm trying to find out if they do adult classes. Okay. I think I'm going to sign up. No, I know I'm going to sign up this summer. I just don't know where I'm going to sign up to do it, whether it's the YMCA, this club around the corner from uh, my house, or to this uh, school that's doing the classes. But right. like I said, I, I got to su- my son. I am supportive of black people learning how to swim. I took adult swim basics twice last how year. How long did it take you to learn how to swim? So, I mean... I kind of, so I always tell people I don't know how to swim because like I'm not comfortable in the water and I don't want people to like leave me to drown. (laughs) But I think, I think I like know the basics, but I have like some like mental trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was like the way I would swim is like survival swimming, right? It's like, see like struggling, (laughs) like a chihuahua (laughs) fighting to stay above the, the, the waves. Yeah, oh, a black kid in a gifted and talented class. Ooh, <laughs> it's a joke because both of us were in gifted and talented classes, and look at us now. Um, but no, nah, it was like it's like I didn't have like the the like form or the rhythm, and it's kind of like you just gotta like teach yourself like the like oh turn your head this way and breathe, and then like it should actually be like like you walk in right it's like when you walk you don't have to like um so i would say you probably took it so the first class i think it was like once a week for like half hour for like six weeks um it's not bad and yeah it was like a group class so um yeah i think the like i still can't like float well like on my back so this is like certain things come easier and certain things don't i would say maybe after like a month um month and a half um, and then I went, I didn't go for a minute um, and then I went like a couple months ago mm-hmm. and like, yeah, you know, I could still, I didn't die. Obviously I'm still here. Um, but yeah, it's like, you just got to get used to it. And then like doing like, I don't know, like I have mad respect for like swimmers. Like, oh, it's mad. <laughs> it's just tiring. Yo. <laughs> um, but it's good. It's good exercise. So I would say give yourself like a month, two months. But you really just got to, like, just keep doing it. That seems reasonable. My whole thing is that whole floating on your back. I get the mechanics of floating. I, I get do not. ice cubes float. But to just <laughs> relax <laughs> on water does not make sense to me at all. Yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah I think somebody should do, like, a psychological study. It's like, I don't trust black people, water. Because black people too tense <laughs> to be in water. <laughs> is it generational trauma from slavery? <laughs> probably is um but yeah man, I, I it was funny though like people were like yo <laughs> why are you taking swimming lessons i was like yeah i want to meet the other two black people in san francisco um but yeah it is it is a stereotype with some truth in it black people are not in the water like that so but king your wife can swim right though my wife can sl- swim excuse me <clears throat> she grew up in an island on an island 
but her family cannot swim, which is crazy because she always used to guilt me and say, how do you not know how to swim? It's so easy. This is all you do. You just float. I'll teach you. She's not a good teacher, but um, <laughs> I brought it up to her family and I was like, yeah, she's always trying to get me to swim. She's saying, how is it that I'm, you know, my age and I don't know how to swim? And then they're like, well, I can't swim. And I went around and asked, it's her brother, her <laughs> sister, her mom, her aunt. None of them swim, but she, but her. And uh, now I don't feel as guilty. That let me kind of uh, ignore it for a couple of years. And now, right, so if if I keep with the running and you learn how to swim, we just got to find another black person that's good at riding a bike, and we could do like a team triathlon. <laughs> this is my goal. I'm looking as we talk. I'm pulling stuff up. All right. So you are not running this half marathon with me. You've broken your vow, <laughs> which I'm. You're like I'm good. But... <laughs> I'm comfortable with that. But swimming will will be it. Swimming is gonna be your thing. I guess that's good because like you live on the East Coast, you could always go swim in the winter. Like running in the winter is miserable. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was I freezing think, um, last weekend. I think it was like negative nine or some crap. I think I still think you would enjoy running the Brooklyn Half. Yeah, it's something. I don't know. It's something like very emotional about running through the place you grew up and like. I don't know. It's all chill, man. What's the latest possible time I can sign up for this thing? <laughs> Uh, well, they open up slots. It's like the biggest half marathon in the world. So it's like mad people trying to sign up for it. So January, was it the 30th? I think they open it at like noon Eastern. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's probably going to like sell out in a few hours. So you like get it and then figure out if you don't want to do it, like try and like sell it or like, um, uh, so that I could flip it for money. Technically, you might not want to say that on a recorded podcast that you're doing the thing they said not to do. Um, but there are ways to to uh, relieve yourself of your your bib. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> gotcha. All right, but but next year, if you want to do, see that's the thing. You can't set a goal too far in advance because then like you have mad shit that's going to distract you. It's like you want to do something, just like do it. True. True. All right. I think I think you should do. You should sign for like a five k or something. 5k sounds reasonable yeah it's three miles you could do that oh that i've i do that downstairs on my little uh treadmill right, yeah. then do a 10k 10k oh now i see yeah <laughs> <laughs> let me max out and feel like a a, a god running a <laughs> three mile race and then build up my ego and a trainer of you uh whatever man all right yeah this is <laughs> so you're gonna beat your son in swimming that is your goal right now i have to all right <laughs> I'm rooting for your son. I hope you <laughs> basketball update. You went to uh, battle of the New York teams. Did uh, after after growing up a Knicks fan, mm -hmm. but now the Nets are in BK. Are you still a Knicks fan? So I am. Ooh, ooh, that was a hesitation. Well, it's always a hesitation. We've said that before. <laughs> Another um, Knicks sucker. Like I said, they've broken my heart way too many times. Shout out to. John Starks, Ewing, Oakley, from the real New York team. But um, since Anthony then, Mason. it's never been the same. Um, so, yeah. I know. In I'm fact, it actually has been the same because they still suck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's true, too. Um, Consistency. Yeah. So, if, if I'm at a game and normally it's a Nets game, I'm supporting the Nets. But if it's Nets versus Knicks, I'm supporting the Knicks. Unless my dad is betting against me, then I'm supporting whoever <laughs> I think I can win because my dad makes big bets. <laughs> I the potential to make some money. So but, who, um, uh, who won the bet? Who won the bet last week? So the Nets won. 
Um, they beat out the Knicks. They did pretty well. Um, by the first quarter, my dad decided to switch to the Nets because <laughs> so. I do. I must say though, like going to a game in Brooklyn. So anything that is like in Brooklyn is just like a little extra. It's got a little extra flavor, you know. what I mean, it's like. Mm-hmm. You go to Madison Square Garden, you know, they're like all big. You go like most famous arena in the world, blah, blah, blah. You know, they made it all fancy with like that sky bridge and shit. You go to like Brooklyn is like a brand new stadium. It still, still feels like just a little hood. It's like, I don't know how it's like, it's like the newest stadium, (laughs) but still can feel like a little hood. Um, It's like you go to Ikea in Brooklyn. Ikea got like stores all over the freaking globe, right? The one in Brooklyn just feel a little, a little different. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how. It's just like Ikea is literally like a freaking formula everywhere else. But the one in Brooklyn, uh, you know, you know, you're in the Brooklyn Ikea. So that's how I feel about the Nets, uh, Barclays Center and all that good stuff. It's an experience. It's an experience. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm being, uh, someone is trying to convince me. Mm-hmm. To go in with them on season tickets for the Warriors out here, and yeah, I never, I never imagined myself somebody that had money to mm-hmm. like buy season tickets. But when you go in with like mad people, it's like yeah, not yeah. That expensive. Um, but it's like part of me is like I don't really like I like basketball. I'm really not a Warriors fan, even though I live out here. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it worth just like going for the experience? Yeah, you know I mean, it's just like yo, what are you doing? I don't know. Let's go to a basketball game. You know, it's like. Um, yeah, it's so, it's a good it's fun it's fun yeah, so so yeah uh from uh from <laughs> listening to the games on the radio to season ticket holder uh really made it that that might be that might be the blackest thing i've done <laughs> recently <laughs> put a lot of money on basketball gotcha. yeah what was the uh what was the, the thing of, of hate that you wanted to bring up oh uh, why revisit this uh-oh. Just um, people who I don't know make the big Uh-oh. deals out of nothing. Um, is this the is this the the thing you were telling me about? Yeah, it's not even worth bringing up. It's just um, <laughs> you go to these things and then they have like certain little special areas where you can go during halftime and before the game for food and drinks and you know they have like the the shrimp and crab legs and all that fancy crap. Mm-hmm. And um, just to hear people who are doing so well being in this sort of little special area. Complaining about the most ridiculous crap. It's just uh, it's just annoying to be around. Um, between feeling that way in high school and then seeing it in the real world, just like entitled people acting like entitled people publicly and not being aware of their entitlement just gets annoying after a while. That That's, was very well. That was very well said compared to how you said it last night. <laughs> on text. I've had time to to think about it and take wow. it. In. But yeah, that's, that's what it is. Don't be entitled. Don't be an asshole. All right. So I got a complete transition. Uh, mm-hmm. Two things. One, I read about the Michael Jackson documentary coming out. Yes. Finding Neverland. Yep. Ooh, I feel like that's gonna that's gonna be a couple episodes in the future. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. It's not looking good. Not looking good for Mike. Well, I can tell you from a very close friend who is the biggest Michael Jackson supporter that I've ever known, um, he's saying that the two people that they're interviewing have been confirmed as people who haven't given truthful testimony (laughs) case actually happened. So I'm going to look at it when it comes out. I'm going to make my own opinions, but 
that seems to be oh. the sentiment of the Michael Jackson fan club right now. All right. Well, all right. we'll we'll see. I mean, I think I don't know if it's going to change people's opinions. Like they, you, if you love them, you can hear no wrong. If you hate them, like it's like I told you. Um, but the other thing, uh, not related at all. Uh, as we all know, uh, the shortest month of the year is coming up, aka Black History Month. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I think <laughs> I think we had chatted about this, but if you were in charge of the menu for Black History Month, what would you put on it? Um, this is at work. At work, in a work environment where you get a lunch to celebrate Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, perhaps your workplace is not majority Black. Mm-hmm. Shocking. Um, what would you do? What would you put on the menu? I would put, <clears throat> let's see. And I'm the only person allowed to choose what I want. <laughs> I mean, you get to you get to highly influence the menu. I'd pick like some crab legs and lobster and shrimp because <laughs> to celebrate Black History Month means um, reparations. Time where I can exactly <laughs> I can make y'all eat whatever I want <laughs> on your dime. So yeah, I'd, I'd pick some expensive shit. It was funny though because I was I was like thinking about that like as this conversation was coming up. It was funny. It's like. This is what people on death row must feel like with their last meal. <laughs> it's like, wait, I get to have whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna judge me. Uh, so I want some Cheetos and some. No, yeah. So, so Black History Month coming up, which uh, brought me to this question that I think I've had for a long time, and this is a uh, this is, I don't know, it's probably getting a little serious for a minute. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So the the infamous uh, N word. Yeah. Uh, gr- growing up in, in Brooklyn, like. We all said it, right? Is in is in the music we listen to, um, and there's always like who's allowed to say it, who's not, right? Yeah. Um, so like black people say it, um, and Latino people say it, like in New York, right? Like at least where we grew up, right? But I think out here on the West Coast, I don't know a lot of like Mexicans or like Latino people out here that would say it. And I was like curious about that. Is like, was it because in New York, like the the like poor black and Latino experience is so intertwined, right? Like everyone's in the projects, everybody's like in the same neighborhoods, and hip hop was like kind of created by like, you know, this in the Bronx, right? Like yeah, yeah. both cultures are right there. Um, so even though like you know, mad fair skinned Latinos probably weren't being called niggers by like white people. They grew up around and had solidarity with people that that did, but maybe out here, like blacks and like Mexicans or whatever, is very kind of they don't they have similar but not shared overlapping experiences. So like I, I think if I was in New York and like my people's like you know some people Puerto Rican Dominicans be like yo what up my nigga I'd be like yo what's up mm-hmm. but out here for Mexican was like yo what up my nigga I'd be like ah oh, <laughs> I think really? you, you hit the nail on the head I think that's exactly what it is. And it's funny because back when I was in high school, middle school, same thing. I had, you know, Hispanic kids, Latino friends, and they would say it and I wouldn't think anything of it. But um, I haven't really encountered anybody saying that to me from those groups since then. So I'm sure that if anybody were to say anything now, I'd kind of be thrown off. 
Is it only a New York thing? It's like, a New York thing. It's definitely only a New York thing. So like if like a Dominican and Dominicans are black in New York. Um <laughs> that's true. Don't tell them. Yeah. Um <laughs> um no but like okay like boston we both spent some time in boston yeah uh i'm trying to imagine like yeah yeah i i, I would say yeah definitely some latino people up there would be like yeah what up i'd be like hey that that felt appropriate yes um, i agree does happen in boston. Ch- chicago probably not i don't know i can't really speak to chicago i would have to ask somebody but um definitely new york new york yes boston definitely um philly i'm trying to think like what's the ge- what's the geographic region where like latinos can say nigga <laughs> and it feel right i let me think let me think, think. It's, it's like northeast it is northeast oh uh, yeah i think if it happened in dc it'd be like nah nah <laughs> well can you think of any rappers from dc latino rappers yeah nah like, I think of Takashi, and that's Brooklyn, allegedly. 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 I don't want to claim him. Um, no, but, like, even, like, Latino rappers out on the West Coast, like, yeah, I don't know. It would just feel a little forced. <laughs> but here's, okay, so here's the crazy shit. Like, even, okay, so we've established that on the East Coast, Latino saying nigga is, like, you know, accepted um, by most of us. Mm-hmm. Um ethnically like like racially like a lot of latinos like are mixed right um that is true but some are like mad european so like one of my boys growing up was like half italian half puerto rican look mad white mm-hmm. um but you know it was just kind of like essentially like if you, if you like right, most people from new york would know he was like latino but you know if you didn't really know people would probably think he's white if you're walking around yo what up my nigga <laughs> Yeah, I think like, I think uh, is, skin tone comes into play too, and yeah. it also comes into play if you're hanging around with that person, and then if you're around people who are not minorities at all, do you let him say that? Do you call him out about that? Um, it's a geographical thing, also. It depends on the environment you're in with that person. So, what if there was like a poor white kid who grew up in the hood? Mm-hmm. Could he say it? No. No. Why? Because he's not, he's not, <laughs> he's not allowed to. You know what? It's funny. Um, this uh, actress, what's her name? Uh, what damn, what is her name? Gina Rodriguez. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So her whole thing is, and she's doing this the wrong way. She's, uh, mm-hmm. I forget where she's from. Is she Puerto Rican? I don't know. Maybe she's Puerto Rican. Anyway, um, she's been coming out recently for the past couple of years with this whole thing about inclusion for Latino. Um, Latinx, Latinx. Latinx. Do we do that? Latinx. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's the new joint now. Because you don't want to you don't want to make it gendered Latino Latina. It's just Latinx. I would rather just say Latino Latina than say Latinx <laughs> because I don't feel like it doesn't even make sense. But whatever. Okay, it doesn't so, flow. It doesn't flow. Exactly. So for her being a Latina actress, she's been pushing for her people, which is good, but it's at the cost of black yeah. achievements so it's like yeah. yeah this black woman did this year this is the first black female movie da, da 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 but what about latinas and latino actors but you know what the bigger problem is that's why the fact that this black actress black actor is doing something big is so um notable because it's against a system that was not for those people and yes you should support your people but not put down even yeah. as politely as you do it 
don't put down that focus on what the real problem is and you know what the real problem is so just speak out on that but you can't because you know the way the system works so yeah you can't go you can't go at you know you go after somebody else who's weak you don't go after the person that's exactly so she was just on some radio station um and she was crying about how even though she is i think she said even though she wasn't um officially descended from african-american african excuse me that she is still a representative of those people and blah, 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 blah. But it came off as insincere. And everybody yeah. got on her because she had these fake crocodile tears as she was giving the speech coming from an actress and then doing like crocodile tears didn't come off as sincere at all. Um, I heard somebody call it once. It's like, it's not a struggle Olympics. You know what I mean? It's not exactly. It's not, exactly. It's not like, well, I'm worse than you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's the thing I never understood with like black people, especially like, ones that are like mad religious mm-hmm. who like are mad horrible to like LGBT. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you, you literally know what this feels like. Mm-hmm. Literally. Like, but, and that's the thing, like it can cut across, like, you know, your cousin was a little, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was just like, no, they can't get married. And it's just like, First of all, if, you know, I'm going to go my anti-religion rant. When black people like claim the Bible as like reasons for doing shit, it's like you realize they claim that shit to keep you in slavery also, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Like, yeah, careful, careful there. <laughs> yeah, but with the, with the uh, Gina Rodriguez giant, so I think it's, it's interesting, right? So ultimately, the problem is like, you know, it, it was like all this shit with like the Oscars, right? It's like green book is getting all these like whatever but it's you know shout out to Mahershala Ali like you know doing his thing oh, yeah, but that movie is like your classic like teach the white people how to be nice so you um, know what I'll say about that movie the trailer for that movie is completely different from what that movie was actually about and um <laughs> I saw the trailer on TV and I think they were eating chicken in the the guy was eating chicken in the back seat and he didn't know how to eat the chicken uh-huh. And then the white dude's telling him, oh, throw it out the window or whatever. I didn't know what they were trying to do with that whole trailer, except show like a reverse sort of driving Miss Daisy scenario. When I saw the full trailer, apparently this guy was a a composer, mm-hmm. um, Mashara Ali. I'm always going to say his, his name. I'm going to say Ali. Mahershala. 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 <laughs> Let's practice it together. Mahershala. Mahershala. I will practice that. I'll try to remember that. Um <laughs> So apparently he's this guy who is so sophisticated, he doesn't know how to do these things that would be considered quote unquote black. So he's not used to white people talking to him a certain way. He's used to quoting um, composers and not whatever music is, is popular at the time. He didn't know how to eat the chicken wings because that's not something he would ever eat. So that movie is completely different from the movie that they're portraying in the uh, trailer. And I don't know why they're doing it that way. So have so you seen the you're movie? saying that movie trailers are like the Instagram of uh, of movies? It's, <laughs> it's the fake representation. It has, the, but what was the people who were releasing that trailer? Why did they think that that trailer was better than the extended trailer, which really tells the story of what's going on? That's the part I didn't uh, get. Yeah, man. Like, it's the thing, right? Is like that shit's gonna get more play than like you know if Beale Street could talk or like you know any of the movies that are really trying to. Like, if you're truly trying to understand, like, the black experience or experience of, like, people of color, like, maybe use the joints that are, like, written by them or, like, produced by them and versus, also, like, the white need, person interpretation. Exactly. You don't need a savior default 
uh, token <laughs> white person in the movie. Like, no, you do, you do, you always do. Lord <laughs> knows we cannot save ourselves. So now that I'm somebody who doesn't download movies the way I used to in my reckless shoots, and I actually pay for movies to go out and see. Um, uh huh. You hear, you hear that? Fandango.com? <laughs> That's a sponsorship opportunity right there. I said now that I am reformed, but my point is that um, <laughs> if you want to get my dollars, I want to see any token savior in a movie that's directed at me if you're even directed at me and maybe you're not and that's that's why it's filmed the way that it is but that's my biggest turnoff i never yeah, saw dangerous like, minds i never saw uh no of course not whatever other crappy uh blindside um oh yeah anything. i mean all, all of them yeah but here's the thing you know i, I think <laughs> we've talked about this before like i know particularly like white women mm-hmm. uh who watch more movies that are aimed at like my demographic <laughs> yeah, in this. Yeah. It's like all that like Chris Brown, this Christmas, Tyler Perry bullshit. Yes. Um, like there's tons of black people that watch that shit. I do not. But I know mad white people that watch that shit. Which is and, like I, I asked one once, I was like, yo, why why do you and I was like, I joke, I was like, you see more of these movies than I do. I was like, why do you like these black Christmas movies? And it was like, it just seems so fun. You know, I was like, I was like, we don't like get up and do this whole train line like at Christmas dinner. I just I just wanna break it break it down for you. That is not something that happens in most black families. Um I don't know. I'm not at every Christmas dinner, but uh we also do not get up and sing and dance. Yo, remember this reminds me you, you of my favorite time in in uh in high school. I think you'll remember this. What's that? Uh, so uh contacts we went to this private high school. Um what was it? We had like 55 black 55 kids in our graduating class but like five black yeah yeah five and a half depending on (laughs) how somebody was feeling that day um (laughs) that was fucked up Um, but but, uh true very true so you know it was very liberal private school in new york you know so we would do right before holiday break we would do a winter celebration um and for the record, I loved I loved our high school. Like like some long lasting friendships like this one and you know, good experience. No comment. But you know <laughs> you're like no comment. <laughs> uh, so we do went to celebration. So we you know, people would talk about Christmas, they talk about Hanukkah, and then they talk about Kwanzaa. Oh Lord. Yeah. So it was uh oh, oh we uh, I'm like telling on people this our school is way too small. Um but yo, it's like not us, some other people of color uh, would get up and start talking about Kwanzaa. First of all, I don't think any of us actually celebrated Kwanzaa. I know for, well, I don't want to say for a fact, but <laughs> keep, going, keep going with your story. Like, first of all, and I, I'm definitely just going to like put this shit out there. Like, you and me were like the scholarship kids. Uh, you know, there were some, some, uh, <laughs> some people of color at our school that were not scholarship kids and not, not saying that that means anything, but you know, it's like, they were trying to represent something that they they were trying to come extra hard. Like I think they wanted that uh that application that college application to look look really good. <laughs> but uh so yeah, they would start talking about Kwanzaa and be like, Kuji Jakalia means blah 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 yeah. and blah 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 umoja. And then inevitably they would start fucking dancing mm-hmm. all the time, every year. Yeah. It it like reached a point where whenever they started dancing i would just get up and walk out <laughs> and like 
Uh, well, I think the teacher started noticing it because it became like an annual tradition. <laughs> it was like winter celebration. They get up to school about Kwanzaa and I would get up and just walk out. <laughs> and I remember one year, like a couple of the teachers were looking at me, just smiling and just like shaking their head. And I was like, this shit right well, here. Unless they knew. <laughs> it was like, yo. And like, yo, I was like student council president and whatever, right? So it was just like, yo, when like, it's not just because like I'm black. It's just like, he's like, uh, like, it's like, it's like, yeah, this is some bullshit. So yeah, black people, we do not dance all the time. And yeah, sometimes we do. But like, I'm so sick of like every freaking movie, like trying to be like, so I'm like dancing and singing and clapping and shit. Yeah, I think that, um, I think a lot of the people that I know who do not watch those movies, who which are aimed at black people, the reason why is because sometimes they feel like it's too religious or there's too much singing and it's just to turn off because it's always the same I mean, even though I guess they're not negative stereotypes, being religious is not a negative stereotype, but it feels like when it's always thrown in your face that this is what yeah. the black family is. Um, it's like that's all we are. They don't it's feel like represented. There's no, that's what it yeah, is. it's like the, you don't have any space to be something different from that, right? It's like there's like mad stereotypes about like poor white people or super religious white people, um, but they also have other stereotypes that like don't box them in True. or we can, we can only be one thing. We can only be mad religious and, and yeah, I mean, uh, a lot religion did a lot for black people because nothing else was at some points. Right. So they found community, um, you know, Martin Luther King, you know, came out of the church, but if you think about it, he was just like an activist by the end of his life. Like his shit was about like, poverty and the vietnam war and like class stuff right like yeah yeah it wasn't about like being rooted in a church it was just like there's some fucked up shit going on and i'm gonna try and call it out yeah 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 uh having just uh past mlk day um something i was always like yeah thinking about um one dude was mad young 36 um, 36 yeah the 39 when he died or something yeah it's just like i think it really makes me think of what i've been doing in my life (laughs) so that's always nice um but you know he's he had his 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 dark side as well you know he uh uh you know however you want to think about it he stepped out on his wife if that you know however you want to judge that um does that negate what his message right it's like i think people look at him as this like perfect human being but he was like a very flawed person um like if he was still alive would there be like a documentary about like you know his affairs and all this shit and like would that like water it down did he i mean this in the best way did he pass away at the like perfect time like where he could was like kind of like at the top of his you know influence and game well um because i feel like the longer you're around the more time people have yeah, exactly. to catch, your shit catches up with exactly you. um in order to be a legend and be memorable you have to pass away sooner rather than later i feel like um all right so i should i should get going on uh yeah so you know <laughs> pick something and, and commit to it um but yeah i think that's what it is uh, i think the problem with Humans in general, as we always try to pick somebody to hold up as the beacon for perfection, and we always put people on these pedestals and forget that everybody's human. So even the nicest person in your life probably did some fucked up stuff, 
Um, and that doesn't define a person because they have a lifetime to make up for whatever, you know, wrong that they did. But um, nobody's perfect. So think of the, the, the person you think is the best in your life, whether it's a celebrity or your family members. They probably did something that wasn't cool at some point. So you should yeah, yeah. cool against, like, you know, the one strike. Or maybe they did multiple things. But I think you have to look at it as like a balance scale. More positive than negative is what you want to do with your life. So, so on that, on that note, so you heard about that dude, he was like, I don't know, was like attorney general in Florida or whatever. And, uh, he, uh, pictures came out of him from like 14, 15 years ago at like some Halloween party where you know what happened, put on the blackface, put on the blackface. Um, and it was like, had like a t-shirt that said like Katrina victims and like some shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but as attorney general in Florida, he's like been like talking out about like this bullshit in the Trump administration. Florida just reinstated voting rights for like ex-cons. So you could argue like dude is like trying to do good work. Yeah. But like picture came out with him. Now, how old was <laughs> like, he when he did this though? Like 40, 50? Uh, nah, probably like, I don't know, in his 20s or some shit. Um, with the blackface, with like, so, and like dude resigned, right? And he was like, yo, he's like, yep. I'm like, yeah, that was fucked up. <laughs> so I was like, yo, like, we could argue, like, he's trying to do good deeds now, but I don't know. But I guess it's also like, do you want the dude who's like setting laws for your state to have like this image of him in blackface, like, constantly, like, in people's mind? So the other thing with um, our habit of putting people on pedestals and saying that they're the epitome of the perfect person. There's also this habit in, two, in the 2010s or whatever, where all it takes is one thing to strike you down for life. So if he did this, you know, however many years ago when he was in his 20s, you had to know that everything is public now. Um, everything's going to get out at some point. So maybe he's not the best guy to make um, decisions that may affect minorities if that's yeah. what he decided was the best possible costume for him there was a weatherman who was in the news from Marlon. oh yeah yeah you heard about that right <laughs> so that's the thing of, it was just like it was like week after week i was like damn everybody fucking up well what happened like... was the justice was swift but i find it interesting so the story was that the guy um he was saying martin luther king's day and he accidentally said martin luther coon and the only time i've heard the phrase martin luther coon <laughs> was from a racist mouth matter of fact i was just watching um black clansmen again yesterday and i think they mentioned that same phrase so yeah honestly like uh, in the <laughs> i'm gonna come back to this like in the in a racism hall of fame i think coon coon is like the they retired that number like it is not it is not an active it's not an active racist word yeah <laughs> i agree it's, it, it lost its bite uh, but he said it and he said it pretty fluidly so it wasn't like a new term in his head it must have been there for a while and they fired him within the week i think and it was interesting because I was pointing out the story to a black person and they were like, oh, really? Over that? And they seemed shocked, too, with the swiftness that this guy got um, knocked off. So, yeah. you know, anything you but do in public is, is now allowed to be judged by the public. So you just have to make better decisions. If you're going to be a racist, and I've always said I'd rather you be a public racist, but if you're going to be a private racist, be better at hiding your um, your bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to affect me, don't call me a nigger, you know, like, 
prevent me from moving into your neighborhood. Exactly. Like, get some, get some real, Fight some real power. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I, the, the thing I'm always, you know, kind of disappointed about with, with racist is like, it feels like they're still insulting me with the same shit they insulted my grandfather with. Like, there's not been a lot of innovation in racism or like racist language. Yeah, you know, I really, I really think they should put their minds together and like come up with, come up with some new stuff. You know, it's like, really, you're still saying nigger? Uh, you know, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, we get it. Um, you know, tar baby. It's just like, oh yeah, really? Okay, cool. Um, it's like it's losing its bite, guys. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. gotta really. Go back to the drawing board there. You think the Ku Klux Klan was heated when NWA came out? You're like, what? This is our thing. That's our word. <laughs> Filing like a copyright infringement lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, that'd be ill. <laughs> the KKK versus NWA. Take it to the Supreme Court. Uh, I think it's like, but I, I, the, I remember back in the day, this must have been like high school or even before high school. It was like some Chris Rock joke that I, I remembered like part of it, but couldn't remember the whole punchline. So, you know, went on my Gateway 2000 computer or whatever and went to uh, Ask Jeeves or Excite or, you know, one of those websites before Google. And like, you know, you start like putting in as much of the joke as you know, and then it's see. So I ended up on some website that was like a bunch of these jokes and I found that Chris Rock joke and I was like, oh shit, that's the joke. So like, I like got the whole punchline and then I started scrolling around. I was like, yeah, some other funny ass jokes. Yeah. Then I realized I was on a white supremacist website. You know how often that happens? Keep going. And I was like, I was just like, yo, I don't know how it's like, it's really about the messenger, right? Um, literally Chris Rock's last special, don't shoot the messenger. Um, but it was like when Chris Rock was saying it, I was like, yeah, it's just funny. When I was on a white supremacist website, I was like, <laughs> not sure how i feel about this so i'm a big fan of like uh crime shows you know that uh, mm-hmm. love a good crime drama shout out to id and whatever other channel that is anyway so i'll go online because i'm always watching a show about somebody going crazy and there's a commercial and i don't want to wait so i just google the name find out what the story is and a lot of times whenever it is a story involving black people um it'll come up under google and I'll click on the link, and all of a sudden I'm reading the comments. I read the story, I get the the full story, then I start reading the comments, and I was like, "Damn, you, you like call that guy some hateful <laughs> stuff right out of the gate? Like, what did he do?" And I realize it's like a a racist website. I'm not even paying attention yeah. to the link, but it, it's yeah. it's very common. So it looks like they just target all of these crimes where it's involving a black male or a black female and a Caucasian person, and then they post them on their site just to hate on the black people. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not trying to like revel in anybody's pain or hate, but, uh, you know, the, the, the latest mass shooting this week in yeah. the great state of Florida, yeah. of course. Exactly. <sighs> Come on now. Come on now. Like, yeah, like, honestly, all the numbers will tell you, like, white men, straight white men are the ones that are the most dangerous when it comes to these, True. like, fucking terroristic attacks, dude. Like, come on now. Like, we're not going to, like, build a wall for all straight white men. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, crazy shit. Um, two things. What's up? One, before I forget, um, Wesley Morris, he's a writer at the New York Times. Uh, he's, like, Pulitzer Prize winner, like, of critiques and pop culture and shit. Really interesting article. I think it came out uh, this weekend. something about how weird it is to have the word minority, particularly as like minorities will soon be the majority. Yeah, yeah. So why do we keep calling it minorities? Uh, it, is, it is actually interesting. Um, 
read it and then we could discuss it. But more fun, uh, uh, you know James Blake, the like British producer, singer, or whatever. James Blake? James Blake. I know James Blunt. Wait, James Blake. What does he sing? Uh, I don't know, mash it. Um, I don't know. He was on the Beyonce album. Like he always like has interesting collaborations. All right, keep going. Anyway, just got a new album. He's got a joint with Andre Three Thousand. Oh, really? Um, and I was like, yo, Andre Three Thousand is like, uh, it's just like it's like it's like Christmas. Whenever you see, oh, Dre got a burse. True, <laughs> you true. Know? It's like, um, so, uh, for for this week's uh, musical accompaniment, top Andre Three Thousand features. I would say Walk It Out stands out. That Walk It okay. Out verse, um, solo. That solo verse off of uh, with Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean. Let me write that down as I say that. What was the name of your James uh, Blake song? Uh, it's called Where's the Catch. Where's the Catch? Um, let me think. Uh, I remember. I remember getting hyped when I saw he was going to be on Kanye's album for thirty hours, but all he did was like sing like the hook like twice. Don't you hate that? I do that a lot. I was so pissed. It's always like featuring Fonte, and I'm like, yes, getting a new verse. And it's him singing, which I respect. And I do like hearing him sing, but sometimes I just want that, that Tay verse, you know? Yeah. I don't know if this counts as, uh, if this truly should count as an Andre feature, um, but um, I choose you. Uh, can we count that as a feature? Because that had, I that had that all that I would put that on there. Okay. That almost was, that was my, a uh, my wedding songs. So yeah, shout out to that. Shout out to that. Um, um, I mean, I have verses too, but it would be verses on Outcast. So I don't know yeah, if that counts. So, so Andre features where where Andre shows up, and all of a sudden you're like, this song got better. Okay, toss out one more. I don't know. Like, first of all, the I choose you verse. The fact I don't know that like that was just like perfect verse. It was. It summed up. What it summed up was. like. Everything. <laughs> when our friends are getting married. Um, Peninsula, maybe. I don't know. Make no sense. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, a verse on Deuces. Uh, I think it was that Chris Brown song. It was a remix. Mm, yeah, let's not let's not support Chris Brown. That was a good song. Uh, let's not support Chris Brown. Okay. <laughs> that dude is like... So yeah. he's suing that lady. Um, who accused yeah, him. But first of all, he's away. way too famous... And he's in way too much hot water perpetually to ever put himself in those positions. So whatever his team is, his friends around him who've been with him for a while, who I'm sure he pays to keep around him because there's boys and his protection, he needs to cut that whole circle if he wants to stay in. Like he survived the Rihanna thing. Um, he's just continuing to make dumb mistakes. And I think it's yeah. mismanagement. I remember when he came out, he was like the, when he came out, he was like the, like, Oh no! Like the good little boy, you know. He, he Price, was so like my so first clean pop star. Yeah, he was the pre Bieber. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, good Andre verse. Completely forgot. I don't know if it was a true verse, but it was fun. Um, John Legend, Green Light. Green Light was good. Um, yeah, art of storytelling, but that was a that wasn't really a feature. Yeah, that that was an Outcast song. That was an Outcast song. Slick Rick was the they were both on, on it. Song. Yeah. But yet another one. There was another. Um, there were multiple art of storytelling songs. There was one on gangster. Should Grills. we? Should we? Uh, so on the on the on the double album where they did solo albums, should we consider anything he did with Big Boy on that album a guest verse? 
Ah. Yeah, I think you could count that. I'll allow okay. it. I'll allow it. <laughs> um, uh, I feel like he's been... Yeah. I, I feel like more is going to come to me. Uh, yeah, it comes to you when you hear it. Um, he exactly. Was on Pink, he was on Channel Orange. Um, yeah, Pink he Matter. was on Pink Matter. Yeah. Did you say that already? Yeah. Damn. Nah, I didn't. Oh. He was he was on like a couple Beyonce songs, but I don't think they I don't think they hit that hard. I never really checked for uh, Beyonce. Songs. I know. <laughs> so, I'm in the dark. <laughs> All right, so we will we will we will pull together some some Andre feature tracks definitely for for this week's musical accompaniment. Um, uh, I feel like he's probably got some stuff with like Jeezy and stuff, but why is nothing like? Yeah, something with Rick stuff. Ross. Um, Sixteen was a song he did. True, true. That actually had a good verse. I think we talked about that on on the phone online before. Um, Possibly. Yeah. I'm going I'm to hook something up. I'll put some good stuff in. All right. It might not just be features, right. though. It's going to put, like, I'm going to put in some best verses, too. All right. So what 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 have we learned this week? We've learned that uh, Latinos on the East Coast <laughs> are allowed to say nigga. According to two people. <laughs> One who's According no longer on the East people. Coast anymore, <laughs> and one who lives um, in Brooklyn in a gentrified neighborhood now. <laughs> you, you 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 said Brooklyn. You, you didn't have to say gentrified. We knew it. Um, we learned it. Um, I feel like if Andre wanted to, he could just charge a ridiculous amount for verses and be good for the rest of his life. If he did like a verse a month for the next however long he wants to do it, he'd be. He'd be straight. Yeah. Yeah. Seven would be taken care of forever. First of all, seven's like name 20 me a, now. Also. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Also, name me a son seven. Okay. Um, we also learned that for Black History Month, uh, Jay would uh, have a menu of lobster and scrimps. Yep. Because. Company dime. Reparations. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and we also learned that. Um, the longer you are alive, the longer people are going to find out your shady shit. So, yeah. uh, just uh, <laughs> just try and uh, what I say, uh, live fast uh, and live righteous, leave a beautiful corpse, <laughs> <laughs> die fast and leave a beautiful corpse. <laughs> um, and we also learned that um, uh, we two two people of color will not go see any movies with the, the white savior. Uh, we'll never as say a, never, but never for me. I don't want to see that garbage. Yeah, yeah. We do not need to be saved by white people anymore. Yeah. Um, Unless we are drowning in a pool, please come (laughs) save us. Nice. Nice tie-in. We are are both both taking the adult swim basics. (laughs) And if any black people who ride bikes want to be part of our team triathlon in 2021, (laughs) hit us up. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty good for the week. Good wrap up. Uh, yeah, good wrap up. All right, one. All right, we'll do this again. One. <laughs>